Golf and rock and roll, not logical, but it is fascinating. Playing down that big old fairway, don't want no hackers to get in my way. The boys and me got a big NASA going, we were born to drive. It's the Golf Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on 740 The Game. I love to play. Hey, bring me another bucket of balls. We love it. And turn on the lights. I love Hello, Orlando. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4. In the house, Holly G, along with the best caddy on the planet, Rich B, who's a little under the weather. You got that morning voice going on. Well, it was a long week out at the Bay Hill. Arnold Palmer Invitational. And congratulations to the Sunshine State's very own Matt Every for the big win on Sunday. University of Florida grad. Nice. Another Gator. Go Gator. uh, Another winner. PGA Tour from uh, University of Florida. Awesome. First, and a first-time winner. What a breakthrough for Matt. Um, huge victory. Really solid uh, play down the down down the down to the last couple of holes. Except 16, he gave us all a little bit of uh, agita, including himself. He said, "I made it a bit of a adventure," but uh, he he got the job done. Congratulations. You know, this, is, this is why I don't gamble because I would have bet. The house, the kids, the the farm, everything on Adam Scott, you know, with a little bit of a lead on Saturday morning. And, uh, boy, did he give that away. Well, Rich B., you've played in many a competitive event in your time. And the question always comes down to when you're in that position, do you protect the lead? Do you go out and play aggressively? And interestingly, Matt Every got a little tip from uh, a fellow player on tour and that, that he'd been a little over-aggressive on Sunday, and that had kept him out of the winner's, winner's circle. So he said he dialed it back a little bit, played a little little more conservatively. But what's, what's your take on that? Well, let's look at it the other side now. Uh, Adam Scott shoots 62 on uh, Thursday, follows it up with a 68. You know, So he's got a nice size lead. Every's coming from behind. You know, it's a little more of a comfortable position. Adam Scott's the leader. He's got the nose out front, and they just tracked him down. Unbelievable. I don't know if uh, Adam ran out of gas or, you know, uh, Stevie Williams gave him a couple of bad reads or what. But uh, uh, that was uh, congratulations for Every. But, you know, in, in a situation like that, you're coming from behind. The guy's got the momentum, obviously. And Adam is trying to keep, uh, you know, his head above water. He shoots... 76 on the last day. Come on. That was awful. Well, Tough to watch. And, you know, coming again, great finishing holes, 16, 17, and 18. Uh, you know, it looked like uh, Matt had a bad break on 16 when he blocked the shot off the tee, hit a bad second shot. You're thinking, oh, maybe the wheels are coming off. Maybe, you know, he's starting to choke a little. 
Adam looks like he sets himself up perfectly for an eagle, and things could have turned around big time because, meanwhile, Matt hits in the bunker. He hits short on 17, so all kinds of things could have been unfolding at that point. But uh, he got the job done. Great shot out of the bunker on 17. You know, I think Adam, might have, his putter might have let him down a little on the uh, back nine there on Sunday. That, uh, you know, that's the most important. Uh, you know, you got to finish the uh, deal. Well, let's uh, hear from Matt Avery. We've got some clips coming straight out of the press conference after his big win. I I I can't believe I won. Um, I just I really can't. Uh, I'm, you know, uh, being close to winning out here. I mean, it can be it can be kind of discouraging because you know if you don't if you don't win, you just wonder if it's ever going to happen. And then sometimes, you t- and then on the other side, you tell yourself, well, maybe uh, maybe it's meant to be some, somewhere else, somewhere uh, better. And I, I re- you know, it, it, I don't see how it can get much better than this. You know, being so close to my where I grew up and. Uh, you know, all the fans out there that were cheering me on, and all the you know all the Gator fans. It was just it was it was awesome. When did it ever cross your mind uh, on the last, let's say the last hour that geez I might be winning this tournament? Yeah, when I made uh, when I made birdie on 13, I knew I was in a really good spot. I knew that if I played even the way on the way out, uh, it was gonna. I was going to be tough to beat, and then when I parred 14 and then 15, that tee shot just sets up. I, you know, I just didn't have it with. Uh, if there was one weakness this week, it was off the tee for me. But um, that tee shot sets up uh, not real great for me. So I played very conservative, got it in the fairway, and then I just striped a four iron. You know, center of the or it rolled to about the center of the green, and I knew once I two putted there, I was like, all right. I don't want to look at any leaderboards. I'm just going to play, you know, 16. I'm not going to lay up off the tee because I should, you know, just play it like you've. it's any other downwind par five. You know, I have five iron in or six iron in, and then just had to make it interesting chipping out, and that tree is, like, as big as my leg, and I hit hit it dead center. I mean, I was just tracking the whole way. I was like, come on, just please don't hit it. Yep, boom. Matt, what what goes on in your head when you're down by seven and nine strokes at various points to the number two player in the world? I mean, it, what, what what goes on there? I mean, you think you have a, a realistic shot? After Friday, it's you just can't. I don't know what how Adam is going to play. And the thing the thing that's weird is if if you're nine back and there's twenty guys ahead of you at nine back then yeah i mean it's going to be that's going to be tough but if you're nine back and then the next guy out of you is is seven back um it really only takes one guy to to not have his best stuff to let other people in the tournament so i just kept playing and and i mean i, I don't you know i know he is a stud but you know i, I don't know how many times he's had a a seven shot lead it I, I i can assure you it's not easy i mean i didn't i guarantee you it's not easy to play with a seven shot lead i mean you almost have nothing to nothing you have nothing to gain i mean it's like you know if you win oh yeah you, you should have won you, you're up by seven and then if you lose it's oh you just you know you should have you know what i mean so um 
I never I never thought, yeah, I'm going to chase Adam down. I mean, that, that wouldn't have been possible if he was playing his best because, I mean, I, there's, I'm, there's no way that I'm good enough or there's no way that I'm that good for him to have his good stuff and me have my good stuff and me make up nine shots on him. This is not possible. So, you know, things happen, and it's a weird game. <laughs> Matt, uh, I know it's still a new feeling to be thinking about the Masters, but along the lines of the confidence that you've had, do you go there with the thought of uh, continuing this kind of play and having a chance to win? <sighs> yeah, I mean, I've had a good year. I think I heard that um, I'm seventh in the FedEx Cup now, so that's that's obviously the highest I've ever been. Um, I've never played there, and I know that experience is a big deal there. Uh, I'm going to try my hardest. I need to work on my my driver a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I'm not like – I'm definitely not top five in the world right now. But <laughs> it's probably, probably top 70. But, uh, no, it's all right. Yeah, I, I, I'm very excited, and – I'm going to go there and try and play my best and see where it gets me. But I've, like I said, I've never, I've never, I've been there once. I've never played it. There's so many new things I need to learn. So no expectations. Matt, you found out you won shortly after signing your scorecard and everything. Yep. I saw that you took an extra second there in the, in the portable there to kind of gather your emotions. What yeah. was running through your head once you found out you won? I saw you obviously went and, and yeah. you met with your family, but what was going through your head? Well, when I missed that putt on the last, I, I just I knew he was gonna make birdie just because that's the way things usually work out, and um, and he's really good, you know. I mean, he is. And then they had a TV in the uh, in the trailer, and it was about five seconds behind because he was lining, he was getting ready to walk into his putt, and I had heard the moans, and then I heard people outside cheering. I knew he had he had missed, and it was just I, I couldn't believe it. I mean, I just wasn't ready for it, you know. Uh, and it's really really cool. It's a it's a huge mo- it was a huge moment for my family, uh, myself, and and my caddy too. I mean, you know, he he works hard too, and it's cool for him too. Wow, Rich B, game changer, life changer for Matt Every winning the Arnold Palmer Invitational, and he's going to the Masters. Me too. You too? Does that mean I'm staying here? Did I get the short straw this year? Yes, you did. But, hey, what a, what a big win. And for our local guy, Matt Every from Daytona Beach, and uh, congratulations. We've got a lot more coming up. In fact, we're going to be talking to Buddy Alexander, Matt Every's coach, in our second segment. And we've got Bob Herrig from ESPN.com coming up next. So stay with us. You're listening to the Golf Insider 740 The Game. We'll be right back. Quite an impact, actually, uh, when he sank that three iron and hit me in the back of the head. I can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose. Asking forgiveness. Got the struggler's blues. Blues, struggler's blues. We're back. The Golf Insiders taking you home. The fairways of I-4 in the house. Howie G along with Rich B. Rich, uh, a little wrap-up of the Arnold Palmer Invitational, and you've got a few news and notes over there. Little nuggets of information. As you're stuck in your cubicle looking for stuff to uh, surf along, you've got uh, greenjacketauctions.com. 
very cool stuff. It's actually uh, stuff from the masters that uh, is very of importance in the golf business. Check it out, greenjacketauctions.com. And as you're uh, listening to us on the golfinsiders.com, check out this weekend. You've got to uh, bring out your little daughter to the Symmetra Tour at Aliqua Country Club this weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Symmetra Tour is like the uh, web.com tour for the uh, LPGA. The developmental tour. Yes, it is. And bring your velvet golf balls. <laughs> very pink and yellow. Uh, yeah, so uh, check it out. It's very cool. And it's open to the public. Check it out uh, at SymmetraTour.com. And you can check out all the tour schedules on our new website, thegolfinsiders.com, as well as all the great sponsors that are on board with us as we launch our sixth season of the Golf Insiders. Rich B., we're going to go to the man who was just working his tail off in the media center all week long at Arnie's Place, Bob Herrig from ESPN.com. Did we both turn the lights out in the press room Sunday night, Bob? I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was a late one, that's for sure. A lot going on that day. So your thoughts on how it all came down. Big surprise for many that Adam did not uh, win, but a huge victory for Matt Every. We were just playing some of his clips from the press conference, and you know, I, I noted that uh, when... Matt Stevens from the PGA Tour, Mark Stevens, I should say, announced that he was the Arnold Palmer Invitational Champion. He he was uh, still in shock. Right. I mean, it does uh, obviously a really, really big deal for him. A nice win. Um, a tough, a tough uh, way to do it. Uh, you know, not an easy course to play on that Sunday, and and obviously this opens up so many doors, including the Masters and. Uh, he ought to get in the PGA Championship and, and and sort of paves the way for the U.S. Open and the British Open also. But um, you know, as I as I wrote, I, I thought it was it was uh, more the story of Adam losing. Um, you know, it was uh, when you shoot 76 and lose by two, uh, you can't help but say, hey, look, you know, he should have got it done. It was, uh, you know, it was a you know. A, a round of around par, or so nothing special wins the tournament for him, and uh, he wasn't able to do it. Had a seven-shot lead through 36 holes, and uh, made only one birdie on Sunday. Just uh, you know, a lot of sort of uh, you know disappointing aspects to him not being able to finish off that tournament. Did you get to speak to him after his round? Well, he was, um, yes, uh, he was, you know, the typical class act. You know, he was, um, you know, hard on himself and not not ducking the questions and basically admitting that, uh, uh, you know, he's got to he's got to get it get it done in that situation. In fact, you know, Saturday, he he basically said that. You know, you don't get that many chances to win, uh, and. When they're there for you, you've got to take the, the opportunity. And, and uh, you know, as great as he has been, uh, as good of a player, as solid of a player, you know, he has, he has 10 PGA Tour victories. He's never won more than twice in any season on the PGA Tour. Uh, in fact, last year when he won twice on tour, then he won twice in Australia, that's the only time he's in his career He's ever won more than twice worldwide, 
And uh, here you have this chance to get a pretty significant victory and give yourself a big boost going into the year's first major where, oh, by the way, you're defending, uh, and he doesn't he doesn't finish it off. Uh, you know, I, I think it kind of, um, again, it sort of points to how spoiled we've, we've been with Tiger and how incredible, you know, what he's done, his victory total still the same. You know, the, the number of times they've won, it's um, you know it just, just doesn't happen like that you know and the, uh, this is another example kind of seeing it now in this in this era of late you know yes Jimmy Walker has won three times and uh, Patrick Reed twice in this season but um, you know you just don't see very many guys certainly not the, the big uh, high profile players they are not winning uh, frequently right now. No, it was interesting. Matt Every said uh, in the press conference, he said, golf is totally different than any other sport. You're used to losing out here. You lose every week pretty much, and sometimes you forget what it feels like to win. I heard a number of the players, from Keegan Bradley to Graham McDowell to Adam, talk about how tough it is to win out there now with the with the depth of talent. Uh, you know, Bob, so... Do you think part of this, too, was the talk about Adam moving to number one? Do you think that was a bit of a distraction? Uh, and clearly he had some issues with the front nine. He said on Friday he needed to come out and have a strong, you know, first couple of holes, and he bogeyed two out of the first three, and he did the same thing on Sunday. Right. Yeah, I, I don't think the number one talk uh, helped. Uh, certainly, uh, it's a huge goal of his, and and all indications were that if he had won, he was going to go to number one uh, the Monday of the Masters. Uh, due to the sort of vagaries of the world rankings, it's uh, you know it's a complicated thing. He wasn't going to pass Tiger then, but he was going to be in position to do so, and he didn't. Uh, and um, you know, I, I think that again, that's something like you've got that chance. You know, you've you've got to you've got to take advantage of it. You know, you've got to be able to pull through. I mean, I I think it's remarkable that, for example, Tiger. I think it's this is now his 677th week at number one or 676 total in his career. Phil's never been number one. Adam's never been number one. Obviously, you know that's not the whole be all end all. I think winning winning majors. You know, Phil, Phil will take his five majors over over being number one. Um, but uh, yeah, I just think it's sort of interesting, you know, that these guys have never ascended to that to that position. And as you mentioned, Adam, you know, had some issues with with the front nine. He he clearly had issues on the weekend with the putting, and but took over three putts both days. Um, and 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 uh, it's it's interesting, you know. There's so much talk about the long putter or the anchored stroke and. I think Phil's a great, or excuse me, Adam's a great example of, uh, you know, it not being a cure uh, for for putting problems. You know, he he still struggles putting. Uh, it's his, you know, it's obviously his huge weakness. And even with that putter, and even though he's improved with it, with the long putter, with the anchored stroke, he still has bad days. And you know, over the weekend, he just he missed a ton of putts. And uh, um, you know, certainly uh, coming down the stretch, 16 and 17, if he he makes those putts uh, for birdie on 16 and for par on 17. He actually still has a chance to tie, uh, but couldn't get him to go in and uh, ends up losing by two. 
you know, that's when that uh, big putter gets a little bit longer. And that thing's got a huge head on it. Yeah, uh, Johnny was talking about that, Rich, about how, uh, and Bob, how, you know, he was kind of hitting it above the equator. He was almost lifting up on those on those shorter putts. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I know we've talked about the whole anchored putting thing and whether it's a good rule or not. I mean, that that's going to go into effect here in a couple of years still. Uh, I happen to think it is a good rule that they're that they've enacted, but you know, it, it clearly is not the, uh, the you know the cure. Uh, uh, you can putt poorly with it too. I think Adam putts very nicely with on long putts. He lag putts well. He makes twenty footers. Uh, he sees the line better, perhaps strokes it better. But I don't think he's very good on short putts. Yeah, sometimes uh, he looks really good. So, and so there are times when, it, like on the weekend here, he just looked really bad. Uh, you know, well, but he, he went from 62 to 76. Uh, you know, this he went the whole gambit there uh, at Bay Hill this weekend. I think he, you know, he, he pointed out reading the greens poorly, uh, and that that might have been it too. But, you know, I, I don't know how much you put on that. It, was, it, was it that? Was it was it poor strokes? I mean, he, he, uh, on Thursday, after the 62, he he, co- he complimented his caddy, Steve Wolf, Williams, who he said, you know, he's seen a lot of really good golf around this place. He helped steer me around. So you'd wonder maybe wouldn't he help him on the greens if it was about reading greens. Uh, you know, sometimes it's just about hitting the, hitting the putts properly. And as you noted, you know, he, he sometimes seemed to be coming out of them. Uh, so, um, you know, he's certainly given himself some, some things to work on, some motivation. I mean, I don't think anybody bounced back from a disappointment quite like he did from the British Open of 2012 to winning the Masters last year. So, you know, maybe this will serve him some good, and maybe we'll be talking about him positively here in a couple of weeks. We're talking to Bob Herrick from ESPN.com. I totally agree with you, Bob. I think uh, perhaps maybe winning uh, this week, maybe now he's he does have a little more fire in the belly for uh, Augusta. Of course, a difficult task to win back-to-back green jackets, but it's it's going to be interesting to see uh, how things look coming into the Masters in a couple of weeks. Real quick, any uh, update on Tiger? He had a press conference, I believe it was on Monday, to talk about the new sponsor for his tournament at Congressional, but said it was too early to say anything about his back. Have you heard anything? Not any more than that. Uh, that, that came across to me as a bit ominous. Uh, you know, the fact that he he's saying it's too soon to say whether he can play the Masters, I mean, that sort of suggests that if the Masters were right now, he couldn't play. Uh, he, he said afterward that, um, you know, the only things he's done since Doral was chip and putt. And I guess maybe we can read into that. That's, that's better than nothing. Uh, you know, you wonder how much time he spent doing that. He, he it, that that could help him a lot if that if he's working on that because at Doral he certainly looked he looked in discomfort over putts he looked he looked like he was in pain trying to putt the ball so um, you know this is um, but but you know the fact is it doesn't seem like he's working on his long game not hitting full shots you know not you know anything wedge shots I mean these are things just routine to work on those things even if you don't do it every day you do it five days a week. To prepare for a major, and he's not able to do that. Um, you know, I, I'm. I've been saying that my guess is he'll, he's going to do everything he can to try to play. Uh, that if there was something that that would keep him from playing that's so bad, 
um, they'd have told us by now. Why wouldn't he just shut it down and get it fixed? You know, he must be getting the word that, hey, look, you know, you know, we're going to try to help you get ready. You're not going to hurt yourself. Um, but uh, if there's pain and you can't practice, uh, that's that's a tough thing to overcome. It's uh, going to be really interesting to see how that all unfolds. If, if you know, if we get to Masters weekend, we still don't know. Two weeks away, and this suspense uh, is building. It's going to be uh, quite an interesting first major of the year, as always. Bob Herrig, ESPN.com. Check him out. We appreciate you spending time, as always, with the Golf Insiders. Thanks, Bob. Thanks a lot. Take You're listening care. to 740 The Game. We've got Buddy Alexander from the University of Florida Gators coming up next. Hey, Harry, thanks a lot for all the security you provide for us. Well, it's my job to keep all those nuts away from you. That's just the way it is. Don't play in pebble, won't pay the price. I love my muni, I think it's nice. We're back to Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house. Holly G, along with Rich B, our post-show after a fantastic weekend weekend at the Arnold Palmer Invitational, Rich B. Beautiful. They take care of us really well over there. Tracy Dent, another great job in the press room. Yes, thank you, Tracy, and all the volunteers out at the tournament that make it all happen. All right, good, bad, and ugly. Which should I choose? <laughs> okay, the good. Hey, Matt Every wins. You know, University of Florida kid. Keegan Bradley showing his face again. Sam Saunders makes a check from Grandpa that he actually earned. Uh, the bad, uh, Poulter made an eight. Yeah, playing and, out of the water? <laughs> yeah, with one shoe off. And the ugly was uh, Bubba withdrawn uh, with a hay fever problem or whatever. Allergies. Yes, and but... Uh, couple of gold stars to Eric Compton having yeah, his best good. PGA Tour finish. Two-time heart transplant recipient. He had it he going is, there for a while. He is such an inspiration and uh, I think uh, tied for fifth. So kudos uh, out to Eric Compton. But as you mentioned, Rich B, Matt Every, Daytona Beach boy, one of our one of our locals, and he received an athletic scholarship to attend the University of Florida and play for Coach Buddy Alexander's Florida Gators men's golf team from 2003 to 2006. And I am very happy to have Buddy Alexander on the line, an old friend. Hello, Buddy. Hey, Holly. How you doing? Doing great. How are you? I'm terrific. Well... Matt, I uh, had a few minutes with him after the press conference, and he mentioned uh, to me that he still considers you his main advisor and frequently goes back maybe three to four times a year to, to meet with you since he's been on tour. Uh, advisor. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not totally sure how to take that, but uh, whatever that means, that's, that's good with me. Uh, I love Matt. He's uh uh really and truly one of my favorite players of all time um he's he's a he's a cool guy and uh we had a lot of fun when he was here he's a funny he's a funny dude man he can come up with some good stuff and um 
I don't know whether it's three or four times is accurate. It, it seems like he's over here all the time. So um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm not getting paid either way, so it doesn't matter. I, I love it when he comes here. Uh, I think my kids like it when he comes over. And, um, you know, he's, he's a hard worker. He wants to be a great player. And it was nice to see him get that win. He's, he's, uh, you know, one of the, one of the coolest things about the conversation was, um, when he called me, uh, after he got done with all the stuff and, and was headed back to Ponte Vedra, he called me and he said, coach, I can't believe I, I won. And I said, well, I don't know why not. You've been telling me you're going to win for a year. So, um, it, it, it was, uh, it was maybe about time, um, from the standpoint that he's been really competitive in a lot of events. And, uh, it was just great to see him win. Do you, I mean, is this something you expected? I mean, he's certainly a grinder buddy. He's, you know, he, he went through the web.com. He got his card. He lost his card. He had to come back and earn his card a second time. Uh, you know, that can get pretty discouraging. And he even said so himself, you know, you get used to losing out on the PGA Tour. And, uh, you know, it's easy to question if you're ever going to hit that winner's circle. Well, we, we talked a little bit about his comment about you get used to losing. Um, you know, that's the nature of the game. And, and when you play at the highest level, uh, you have to take wins from top tens and top twenties and top fives and, and what have you. So, um, he's a little hard on himself. He always has been, uh, but you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say he's been losing. I will say, it, you know, it's taken a little while, but that, that happens. Um, you know, I had his card, lost it, went back, won the tour championship on the, um, nationwide tour or whatever it was called at that particular point in time, web.com. And, um, but he's been climbing the ladder and, uh, no, I'm not surprised at all. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I read the stuff. I, I don't know how many times he's been in the top 10 this year, um, you know, based on the number of starts that he's had, but it's a pretty good percentage. So he's been playing well. It's a lot like Billy Horschel last year. You know, you could, you could see Billy playing a little bit better, getting in the hunt and then ultimately winning. And you could see Matt getting in the hunt a couple times last year. And then this year, you know, he had, I'm not saying he was in the hunt and had a chance to win, but he did have a lot of good showings and a lot of good, a lot of good finishes. And in fact, the, the guys on my team even made the comment like, man, that guy's a, he, he's an ATM. I mean, he's making money every week, plays good every time out. And when you do that, you, you, you do, uh, take some confidence from that, even though you're quote unquote, as Matt w- would say, uh, you're not winning, you're losing. But at the same time, ultimately, you're you're playing well and you know it. And I'm not at all surprised that he won last week. Well, you're a great golfer in your own right. 1986 U.S. Amateur Champion, which gave you the opportunity to play at Augusta. Are you going to be able to give Matt some? Uh, insiders uh, coaching in terms of what to do at his first Masters? I mean, it's a life changer, isn't it? Well, it will be a life changer for for him in terms of scheduling and what have you. And, you know, obviously playing in the Masters is a pretty cool deal. Um, 
I don't know how much I'll be able to help him. They, uh, he and Billy have been egging me on to, to play in the par three tournament with them on Wednesday. Um, that's a little more of, of a nerve wracking situation for me than they might realize. Oh, come I, on, I buddy. <laughs> yeah, Holly, you're just jumping on the bandwagon, aren't you? Oh, I am. And I'll be your caddy. <laughs> Talk about oh, nerve wracking. Uh, me as your caddy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure to play well if you're caddying for me, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a fun event. And, um, but at the same time, if you don't play competitive golf anymore and you're standing on that first tee and it's about, you know, 10 yards wide, um, and there's people sitting in those chairs about a yard off the green, um, there's a, there, there are different kinds of pressures, shall we say. And there's pressure, uh, when you play in tournaments to hit big shots at, at the appropriate moment. And, you know, if, if, if there, if there is pressure, that means you've played your way into a situation where there, there is pressure to be seen. But um, when you're standing on the first tee of that part three tournament and that, you, you know, you, you're there because of something you did in 1986, uh, that green looks pretty narrow. And those people sitting in those chairs right next to that green, um, they, they're not wearing helmets and they're not wearing hard hats. <laughs> they're, and, wearing, uh, they're wearing bullseyes. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and and when you don't when you don't play and practice much and you don't compete, uh, that's a that's a that's a completely different type of pressure and a completely different type of feeling. So I don't know. They're uh, like I said, they're pressuring me, shall I say, into into playing in the part three tournament. We'll we'll have to wait and see what happens there. All right, buddy. Well, we appreciate you taking a few minutes with us. Such a distinguished coach. How many years as the head coach? Twenty eight, my friend. Well, uh, this is my 27th year at the University of Florida. I'm honored to have been here uh, for that long. And then I have nine additional years onto that at uh, Georgia Southern and LSU for a total of 36. So I've been doing this a long time, and uh, it's been a, an absolute joy and um, uh, proud, proud to have been a Gator for, for as long as it's been. And I've had some great players and great times. And uh It's been a good ride. All right, buddy. Thanks so much. One of the best in the college business. Buddy Alexander, thanks for spending some time with us. You're listening to the Golf Insider, 740 The Game. Jeff Babineau from Golf Week coming up next. Well, I don't want to take all the credit for their talent, but uh, first I had to teach them to play golf. Then I had to teach them to sing, and then I taught them to play various instruments. None of which they do very well. I want my dream. Yeah, yeah, really not so We're back. The Golf Insiders wrapping up an hour of intelligent golf talk in the house. Howie G and Rich B. Rich, we got news late last night that we lost uh, one of our longtime best writers in the business, Ron Balicki. Uh, he was a longtime senior writer for Golf Week magazine, covered college golf, one of the best in the business, and he passed away peacefully after an eight-month battle with cancer. And um, he was loved by many of us in the business and uh, just had the greatest sense of humor and with all the focus on March Madness and collegiate sports. um, Wanted to take a few minutes just to pay tribute to 
one of our longtime golf writers. And on the phone is Jeff Babineau, editor of Golf Week, to share a few thoughts. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Holly Obviously, uh, very sad to hear the news about Ron. Can you share a few thoughts about him with us and our listeners? Yeah, I mean, Ron Balicki was just a prince of a guy. Um, you know, he had so many friends. It's unbelievable. It's uh, the outpouring of uh, support we've heard today is unreal, you know. Um, so it's been tough. He, um, he just, he was a guy who everybody loved, um, you know, from players to families, you know, covering the college game, the amateur game. Ron didn't just meet players, he met families. So, you know, for every Phil Mickelson, he met Phil Mickelson Sr. And for every Tiger Woods, he got to know Earl Woods, you know. And uh, so and through that, our, our magazine got to know a lot of these families. So, you know, it's a, uh, it's a rough day. Yeah, and, and, and that's what Golf Week is all about. You you are one big family. You've covered so many aspects of the game of golf, junior golf, collegiate golf. And I'm just looking at some of the responses that you, that you had on GolfWeek.com. Ricky Fowler saying, Ron was the first and only guy I called to release the news about my decision to turn pro. He was a special man and a true friend. Uh Brant Snedeker saying, you will be missed, and thanks for all you did for all the young golfers across the world, including me. Uh, David Duval, you will be missed, Ron, Ron. Something that uh, we we uh, called him from time to time. My my favorite nickname for him was Tree Licky. Played with Ron a few times, and I've never met a guy that could miss more fairways and be so optimistic about his next shot, Jeff. You know, he was a blast yeah. to play with. I know he'd have a smile on. You know, um, you know, you mentioned Ron's great sense of humor. Uh, he was pretty technology challenged. Let's say he. Uh, it was a minor miracle for Ron to get through to his voicemail and and hear a voicemail that you left him. So uh, to see him trending at number one on Twitter last night uh, was a bit ironic, and we all kind of get a little chuckle out of that. I'm sure somewhere Ron was. Kind of giggling at that one himself. Um, he, he wasn't much on the Twitter sphere and the, uh, the texting front and figuring out phones and computers. You know, he was more of a guy to write out a story on a on a long legal pad by hand. But uh, he sure wrote a lot of them and he sure wrote a lot of good ones. He sure did. Um, let's turn to the uh, the Laro Open coming up here in Texas uh, real quickly. We don't have a lot of time, but. Uh, who do you think is 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 top on the leaderboard here? Uh, we've got Jordan Spieth, who is is uh, in the field. Phil Mickelson, Phil playing the next two tournaments. What do you think uh, the the next two Texas tournaments are going to prove coming into Augusta? Yeah, it's it's a good time for guys to try and get some momentum. So uh, you know, I was looking at the field. Uh, the guy I'm looking to kind of get going. It was hot earlier in the year, and he's a Texas guy. Might be Jimmy Walker. You know, uh, he played so well, and then we barely saw him in Florida. I think he only teed it up once here, and he's at home now in Texas. He's played well in San Antonio and when they went to the new course in 10. And, uh, you know, so guys like that are trying to play their way, get their game sharp for Augusta, you know, a Furyk, a Spieth, a Zach Johnson. Um, these guys are trying to, to get a little momentum they can take up the road to Georgia. And 
you know, of course, the uh, very surprising loss of, of, of the Arnold Palmer by Adam Scott. How do you see Augusta shaping up? It just seems every year the parody gets deeper. Uh, the leaderboards get tighter and tighter on that Sunday with with more players. It's going to be an interesting major for. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no doubt. It seems the last few years we've gone in there and, and guys are kind of hot. You know, you think of Tiger going in there, winning a few times in the last year, and Phil, and and um, and this year it's the total opposite. I mean. Adam Scott stumbled on Sunday at Bay Hill. I can't uh, help his confidence. His putter was uh, balky. And uh, I think we've had one guy from the top ten, you know, Zach Johnson, is the only guy who's won this year. We're about, you know, we're getting close to the halfway point of the wraparound season. So I see Augusta's wide open. I mean, you, you get your usual cast of characters that go in there and, and it seems like you can pretty much rubber stamp a Phil Mickelson and, and some of these long bombers uh, as contenders year in, year out. But um, I think some of these guys who don't have a lot of experience up there might go in and and uh, make some kind of splash. What? How do you? You know, Phil. We haven't seen a lot of him so far. Usually, kind of revs it up on the West Coast. Uh, what, how important do you think Texas is going to be these next two yeah. weeks? I think it'd be big for Phil. You know, you, you think of the year he won huge in Atlanta when they had the tournament there, and then he won and he went up and won a green jacket. And you, uh, you you think if he won one of these two weeks in Texas, it'd be huge because not a lot of guys are going in there with much right now. So I think these two weeks are pretty big for Phil. You know, he wants to get kind of sharp competitively. Uh, you know, like he he, he kind of checked out midway through the uh, the Florida swing and. And now this is his big run. He likes to play his way in there. Some guys like to practice. You know, Zach Johnson's going to practice at Sea Island in the week leading in. And a Snedeker, they're going to be at home at Sea Island. But uh, for those guys that are playing competitively, if you can hoist a trophy and get in there with uh, some confidence going, I think that's really big this year. Do you think uh, Henrik Stenson is a good bet at Augusta? You know, he should be. Um he hasn't been a huge factor there. He played okay last year. Um, he, you know, Bay Hill was his first top ten, I think, since the uh, since he left the Tour Championship. So uh, he's trying to find some things. He's been working hard on his swing, his balance, and uh, he thinks he found a few things at Bay Hill. He left there feeling pretty good. Um, he certainly has the length to contend at Augusta. It's, it's a matter of having a great putting week at the right time. You know he's uh, he's looking uh, your your boy Henrik Stenson there. He's he's fishing in the Keys right now. So uh, yeah, he's uh, working on his chill mode. <laughs> but he did leave Bay Hill feeling pretty good. Uh, he, <laughs> you know, uh, but yeah, you're right. I think a lot of these guys are fishing. To be honest, either on a pond or not, right now they're they're fishing. They're trying to find it and hone it. And uh, you don't want to go to Augusta really searching a whole lot. You know, usually you go there and guys have something going that they uh, can take advantage of and, and hit the gas pedal. So uh, we'll see. I mean, it's, it's magical as always, and it never lacks for drama. All right, Jeff. Well, we appreciate you taking a few minutes with us tonight and um, honoring Ron. We know it's been a tough day over at Golf Week and uh, just one of my favorite friends in the business. And uh, we just... Uh, 
are thinking about him, thinking about his family, and thinking about everyone over at Golf Week. Ron Balicki, may oh. you rest in peace. One of one of the best. Well, oh, thanks. You're a good friend, and, and thanks all of you and Rich B for thinking of Ron and having your listeners think of Ron. He's, he's a terrific guy and certainly deserves it. So thanks. And I'm sure you can find some of uh, Ron's past stories on GolfWeek.com. We are out of here. The Golf Insiders, thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week.